0: And welcome to another relaxing podcast at the Cottage. Coffee at the Cottage. I'm Scott. We've got Emily here, as always. She's brought along another great guest for a fun conversation, an informative conversation over the next 30 minutes. Emily, how's it going?
1: It's going really well. um, As we've all survived Christmas and the new year, here we are into 2024 Today, I have a topic that I think is important to all of the Menominee School District taxpayers. Um, I have, my guest is the superintendent of schools, Joe Sadowski, And we're gonna talk about the mil, $4.2 million referendum that's on the ballot, I believe February 2nd, which is a non-
0: February 20th.
1: Oh, February 20th, which is kind of an unusual day or date. So why don't you talk about the referendum a little bit?
0: Very good, Emily. And uh, thank you again for inviting me out uh, for the podcast. I always enjoy coming out here. And first time I've been out here in January, and it's just as beautiful as it is in the summer. Uh, But yeah, the the school district of the Menominee area uh, will be asking voters to consider a referendum on February 20th. It's a 4.2 million dollar operational referendum um, you know there's many reasons for it which I'm sure we can get into but ultimately what it comes down to is that uh, funding provided by the state is not adequate to continue with the current programming that we have in our school district. Uh, the school board you know spent a lot of time talking about this uh, we surveyed um, the community and ultimately you know we're going to try to do what our community wants to do. And what appeared to be the results of the survey is people want us to continue offering the services that we have, and to do so, uh, we will need uh, more revenue.
1: Now, you talk about the survey. When was that held, and how was it distributed?
0: Well, in the month of November, um, the survey went out to all district residents. Uh, It was out electronically, um, through emails. It also was sent to box holders. So everybody in the district should have received a survey and uh we had a really good response rate um school perceptions a a private survey company out of slinger wisconsin um, they they help school districts with this in terms of um you know having surveys developed and and then uh, shared across the community so um you know they they presented to the board and um it came back uh, with very positive support for a referendum
1: okay now the referendum is for 4.2 million dollars um and you talk about the state tax dollars isn't enough. Did the state tax dollar allocation to Menominee School District, did it decrease from last year? And it, by how much of it did?
0: It, it did not decrease. The, okay. There was some new uh, revenue put into the, the most recent biennial budget. <laughs> mm-hmm. The challenge though is that uh, when COVID hit, uh-huh. um, the federal government provided funding for schools. Right. And the funding was intended uh, to help schools navigate through COVID. As you can imagine, there were many expenses, not only during the midst of the pandemic, but also now after the pandemic um, in terms of how much uh, students missed with their experiences and how much additional service uh, these students need. Well, um, Wisconsin as a state, instead of you know, having that, those federal dollars be available, um, for COVID support, mm-hmm. the state basically said we're not going to give any new revenue for two years. Use the federal money to operate. Uh, so that's what we did. Um, we were very careful, very frugal how we used those dollars. In fact, uh, 2.82 million of that is going to be used in this year's budget um, to help balance this year's budget. Um, you know, some school districts went out and you know did big projects or you know replaced boilers and things like that. In Menominee, I, I had a sneaking suspicion that this is what might happen. So that's what we did. We were very careful. Um, that also creates a fiscal cliff. Um, the, the, the hope was is that with the new biennial budget that the state would backfill the federal dollars and account for high inflation. That simply did not happen. We had 8% inflation last year. So adding the inflation to not backfilling uh, the federal dollars from the previous biennial budget has led to a fiscal cliff across the state for public school districts.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, when you touch on inflation and 8%, I think that's happened to every American. You know, whether you're a taxpayer or a school teacher or no matter what profession or everybody. Everybody. You know, the gas, the food. Yeah. You know, housing has gone up tremendously. So so how do you this is gonna be a complicated question, I'm not sure I'm phrasing it correctly. Sure. How do you explain to the taxpayers that have also experienced that eight percent inflation rate that in their normal life they've they've that's in happen to them how, why they should pick up the school district's 8% inflation rate that, that's a that's, great that, yeah.
0: that's a that's a great question and that's one of the reasons why we surveyed the community you know just like at home if all of a sudden you have 8% more of expenses you have to make choices you either need to go out and you know work more hours or find an additional job or you need to make reductions mm-hmm. and in the school district we we do have a very frugal budget Um, and and that's a choice that our school board needs to make. And the question is, is do we want to continue offering the services that we have or do people want us to make reductions? And the challenge is, is that we're talking about services that kids desperately need. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we didn't identify necessarily any particular reduction, uh, but a list of reductions could include everything from, you know, reducing transportation, longer bus rides, less stops less students being offered transportation, Uh, you know, we talked about the potential of having to close uh, one of our elementary schools. Um, Those are just two examples. There's many examples. You think of all the different activities that students have. Uh, One thing that uh, is near and dear to my heart is the academic interventions that we provide for students who are not achieving at grade level. Um, You know, we have many students in our school district that, um, you know, qualify for Additional services through a disability, um, and those are mandated services. But we have a whole other host of students that uh, they might not have a disability, but they are not performing at grade level. Um, And and there's many reasons for that. Um, I think COVID has um, accentuated those reasons. Mm -hmm. um, And those kinds of services cost money. And without the funding, those are the kinds of things that aren't mandated. They're not required. Those are the kind of things that I don't think school districts can afford without additional revenue.
1: So how much money did the Menominee School District get for, from from the federal government and then it was allocated through the state of Wisconsin, if I understand it correctly.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, and, it's, and that's a complicated question as well because really there were three rounds of COVID funding. Uh, the first round uh, the school district got about $1.7 million. Uh, the second round um, check that, the first the first round was about four hundred eighty-two thousand. That's when COVID r- right hit, and yep. you know you're talking everything from hand sanitizer to yep. fa- to masks, all that stuff that we don't <laughs> want to revisit. Uh, the next round was about one point seven million dollars, mm-hmm. and the final round was about three point eight. And uh, like I said, we were able to um, stretch that out uh, over several years. Uh, but at the end of this school year, all those dollars need to be spent. Um, or they will expire.
1: So is it fair to say you got about six million?
0: Yeah, that'd be about the, okay. About the ballpark.
1: Okay, so did you hire additional staff with those dollars?
0: We did, especially right away. Um, we wanted to provide all families with the ability to go virtual if that's what they so choose. So we had um, a number of virtual education teachers that had to be hired. How many? Um, I, I think it was around 10. I, I don't know, that it was a couple of years ago now. Uh, but we also had to hire a number of substitutes, uh, additional custodians for cleaning. Um, you know, those are just some of the ones that come off the top of my head. But we hired additional staff. Um, you know, and most of those staff members, you know, were, were no longer um, are, are no longer employed with the school district. We don't need the virtual teachers. We cut our custodial services back to what it had been pre-COVID. Um, so we did make the reductions uh, where we where we needed to.
1: So you've made the reductions in what year?
0: Um, last year would have been um, 2023 yeah. September. Yeah, leading well, le- leading up to 23. Yeah.
1: So, all of those ha- are are no longer employed by the by the school district. None of them. Ah, uh, correct. Okay. Did you give the current employees increases?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, and em- that and that's one of the challenges we have, Emily. Mm-hmm. Is that not only are we dealing with the high inflation, not only are we dealing with Uh, state funding that, um, you know, didn't backfill um, the new revenue that we lost over the last biennium. Uh, But also, you know, we're dealing with an employee shortage, as are many businesses. Uh, But what's different about this is that a teacher shortage is something that uh, we really haven't seen, uh, at least in my career. This is my 17th year as a superintendent in Wisconsin and been doing the education business for over 20 years. And, you know, you used to post for an elementary teaching job, and you'd have 200, 300 applicants. Yep. And sometimes now, depending on what position it is, you can count them on one hand. Right. It's a very competitive market. So yes, um, we, we, we need to keep up with our compensation, and our so, board has done a good job doing that.
1: So I've heard a rumor that you gave across the board 8%. Is that true?
0: Yep, yep. Okay, S- the school and board. did it
1: go from the, uh, uh, let's see, the student teachers all the way up to you?
0: Um. Yeah. Not. Not student teachers. Student teachers is is a different uh, okay. situation. But. Um, so. Yeah.
1: So. Janitor. Um, secretarial.
0: Yeah. It's it's not that simple. It, it wasn't eight percent on everyone's salary. <laughs> it's, it's more by uh, employee classification.
1: Was it on yours? Yes. Yep. Okay.
0: And um, you know, and that's something our school board has prioritized over the years. Is, um. You know, trying to make sure that um, our compensation packages keep up with inflation. Sure. Uh, we also do compensation uh, comparisons with other school districts right. that are similar to us. And I, I'm very happy to say that we have very competitive compensation. Yeah. Uh, certainly, you know, if people want to you know, move to different districts, uh, there's other opportunities that they could have. Uh, but we're doing everything we can to recruit right. and retain the best staff possible.
1: How many students do you have enrolled
0: well, in the school district, we have about 3,300 students. And, okay. you know, looking at our, def- our demographics in the school district, the Menominee area, about 43% of those students are considered economically disadvantaged by the state.
1: What does that mean well, to me and everybody else?
0: Yeah, most of those students qualify for free reduced meals. Um, it means that, um, you know, their family income is, is um, below a, a poverty line where they are eligible for those extra benefits. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, uh, how many students uh, we have that are in need. Uh, About 17.3% of our students uh, receive special education services that I mentioned before. Uh, About 4.5% of our students are English language learners, meaning that English is is really the second language uh, for them. You know, We operate seven schools in our school district. We have the high school, the middle school, and then five elementary schools. Three of those are in town and and two of them in the rural area in uh, Downsville and Knapp.
1: So what do you think that costs the district that 40 some percent i mean that's huge
0: yeah it's millions of dollars in fact um, we do receive some special um, funding for special education services unfortunately that funding is is really not even close to um you know being able to provide the services that are required so every year the school district has to make a, a multi-million dollar transfer from the general fund into special education funding Um, so that we're able to continue to provide those mandated services.
1: Um, Now, you talk, I looked at a graph, and it was um, about the regional tax. And I can't remember the rate. It was right around 6% or something. And then it had surrounding schools and what theirs was. And um, I noticed that, Chippewa Falls was one of them. Some of them are smaller districts. I, I find that Chippewa is probably about the same. And how did, I don't know how to phrase this. Um, you know, I, 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 they are not asking for anything. Well, how about if I say
0: that? Yeah, (laughs) well, actually, I don't think that's accurate. Um, There was coverage in the Eau Claire leader right before the holidays that Chippewa Falls is also going to be asking for a referendum probably in April. Uh, Eau Claire also.
1: I know Eau Claire has a huge one.
0: Yeah, and this is about the third time I think Eau Claire's been to referendum in the last decade. Um, River Falls, they're also going to referendum on February 20th. Uh, This is not an issue specific to Menominee. This is a statewide issue. And you know if if you want more information about the the regional mill rates and i think that's what you're referring to uh, we do have a presentation on our district website um, from our mid-year budget hearing we also are having a mid-year budget hearing uh, coming up on the 8th that'll be at five o'clock at the district office and that's where we kind of take a deep dive each year Mm -hmm. uh, into the finances of the school district uh, ahead of the annual meeting which is in august Um, but yeah looking at the uh, mill rate comparisons uh, menominee does fall below the average um but but you said it right. I mean, it's Chippewa Falls um, you know they are asking for for more dollars and um, it's it's unfortunate, but that's kind of the situation we're in. Why
1: doesn't hmm, why doesn't the state step up to the plate?
0: That's a question probably for uh, state legislators. And you know I I can understand um, multiple sides of this. You know some people actually think that this provides more local control and it provides school districts and and school communities decide. Um, the ability to decide what kind of school district they want to have. Um, unfortunately, I think that, um, you know, the funding has fallen so far behind that, you know, basic services and, and the things that people expect out of their schools, just, you know, they're not going to be able to be funded with what the state's providing. So I, I do think it would be appropriate for the state um, to, you know, put more funding into public education, but I am thankful that we have the referendum process um, where our community can decide what kind of schools we want to have in Menominee. Yeah.
1: Um. What is your annual budget?
0: Well, um, if you're talking all funds, yeah. uh, we're about $60 million.
1: So $60 million and your student are 3300 Yep. So if you divide that, what does that cost? I, I don't even know what that costs per student. It's yeah, expensive. It's, it,
0: it is expensive. And, and again, you need to think about all the different services that mm-hmm. the schools provide. Um, anywhere from transportation to meals to uh, what happens in the classroom. And I I do think there's a misconception that um, a lot of our budget is spent on sports and and other activities, when realistically that's a very, very small portion of our budget. Um, But what what we focus on when we're trying to um, compare, and and comparisons are very difficult uh, because enrollment is uh, always shifting and uh, the demographic makeup of schools is different, uh, for instance, in Menominee, I talked about how you know we have a fairly high number of students that are considered economically disadvantaged. Uh, it, the studies are out there. It, it costs more to educate students um, who are economically disadvantaged. As a group. I mean, certainly every student is different and, and every family is different. But, you know, so it's, it's pretty hard to make comparisons. Uh, but when you do look at um, the revenue limits and, and what the state allows us to generate in revenue, um, you know, Menominee has been below the state average um, really since the revenue caps came into place in the early 90s. Okay. And by quite a bit.
1: Um, academically, how do... Does Menominee School District rate with
0: the state? We're we're pretty much um, on par with the state. What um, is par? Well, <laughs> I, a, I don't know how. A, to again, this, sorry, <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to be evasive. Okay, uh, I'm not. But uh, again, th- there's so many different ways to measure student success, and if we're talking simply on test scores, then I would say that um, the number of students in Menominee that are advanced or proficient on the state-administered exams is right about the state average. Some groups are higher, some groups are lower, but right about at the state average. Um, The the school does an accountability report card now, and I'm very happy to say that the school district from the Menominee area meets the expectations of the report card. Some of our schools um, exceed the expectations, but as a district, we meet those expectations and that measures not only the performance on the test in terms of overall achievement, mm-hmm. it also measures growth. And in Menominee, that's a really important piece for us, especially when I talked about the number of students that are economically disadvantaged. Right. The amount of growth that we're able to have in the classroom with our students each year is quite impressive.
1: Sure. Now, you're having a, a, a meeting at the library coming up, and I think everybody needs to be aware of it because I don't think people even understand there's a referendum coming up and i think it's january is it 13th at noon
0: yeah saturday um oh saturday yeah january 13th saturday there'll be a community conversations at the library and the library has monthly community conversation Mm -hmm. um topics Mm -hmm. and i know that's going to be the topic for the january meeting but We have um, tons of meetings scheduled over the next uh, six weeks. For the public? For the public, yeah. Wow. There'll be one in each of our schools. Um, I'll be attending uh, Lions Club meeting tonight, Rotary Club meetings coming up. Uh, We've already presented uh, at some other places before the holidays. Um, And actually, our our website is a great resource for that. Uh, Our online presentation is available. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, There's also a flyer that was created by one of our students.
1: I think that flyer is amazing, an eighth-grade student one.
0: That was a really fun activity. Yeah. Uh, be- before the holidays, we did a student contest uh, because we think it's important that our students understand what's going on and sure. that they have the opportunity uh, to be involved. And, and yeah, one of our students, Kendra Schmidt, uh, eighth grade student at the middle school, she created a terrific referendum flyer. Yeah. And, and, and this is, um, it, it's not advocating one side or the other. It's informational in nature. Sure. And, and that's what's really important uh, in, with my uh, discussion today you know, we, we recognize that what we do as a school district needs to align with the will of the community. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not on here saying vote yes or vote no. no. I, I'm simply just trying to provide information. I
1: think you're just trying to provide education. As uh, <laughs> as Kendra did
0: with her uh, wonderful flyer.
1: Um, yeah. Um, what effect do you think if, 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 the referendum passes, what economical effect do you think it will have on the Menominee School District families? Or it, it, Because this is recurring. Yes. It's every year from now until both of us are gone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, Emily. And um, th- there was a lot of discussion at the board level about what kind of referendum to do. And um, we are talking about an operational referendum, mm-hmm. and what that means is, you know, we're trying to maintain the services we have. We're trying to maintain class sizes like we have, we're trying to maintain transportation services, all the things that we have going on in our school district. Well, those are long-term. Th- those are long-term services. Sure. And uh, we're talking about a people business when you talk about a school. And some other schools have uh, done non-recurring referendums for three years or five years or something like that. Uh, but the problem is, is to, in my estimation, that's almost a little disingenuous in a way because if you're saying you're uh, going to referendum for operating purposes, unless you're talking about getting rid of programs, those, those services are going to continue. So if you only have revenue for three years or five years, you're just creating a whole nother fiscal cliff. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think it's most important when we're talking about long-term services that we have a long-term funding solution and um, you know we're not a we're not a manufacturing company you know where we can uh, you know add a, another assembly line or, or we can um, you know try to increase profits through other ways like that. We're a school providing services, um, and these are long-term services that need to be dealt with.
1: How many students do you think that are homeschooled or go to a private school participate in your um, athletic extracurricular activities?
0: I don't have the number, Emily, but what but I can tell you is that, um, that that's been a very welcome change. Um, years ago, that was not allowed um, in terms of athletics, and that's oh. something that the WIA changed. Uh, I think it was about five or six years ago. Um, so we do. We have a number of students that uh, participate in school-based activities. Um, also, you know, when you talk about, you know, music and band and orchestra, uh, th- that's been allowed for longer, and, and I'm very happy to say that we're able to, I think to include students yep. in those services mm-hmm. as well. But back to your earlier question about, you know, what is the cost of the referendum? Uh, in projecting, um, you know, future mill rates and everything, it's anticipated that the cost of this referendum would be $82 per year for a $100,000 property valuation. Right. So, you know, that's $6.83 a month per 100000 You know, and the average house in Menominee probably is around $200,000. I
1: looked it up through Zillow, and I think it was 279 something.
0: Okay. So, you know, when when you take a look at that, for, for most people, you know, probably, you know, somewhere between $15 and $20 a year. Um, I'm sorry, a month. A M- month, And, yeah. um, you know affordability was a really important piece for us um, and for the school board when considering this referendum. The survey went out, and it appeared the cost was going to be over $100 a year um, per 100,000 evaluation. Uh, but with all of our budget updates and all the projections, we were able to drop that down into the 80s, and we feel like that's a, a more affordable option.
1: Um, so I'm surprised, you know, and, and I love Governor evers don't get me wrong um that he the guru rule of education hasn't been able to give more money
0: yeah you know that's uh, <laughs> that's uh state politics and and i don't think that uh, any one person uh is really controlling but what's you happening you know what i'm
1: you know i mean i think he's so pro-education
0: i, I will say that the governor's uh, budget um had it been adopted as Uh, he proposed it Uh Um, that would have put schools in a much better position as you know uh, the governor's budget was not adopted Um, but even there um, I I, even his budget I don't know um, really would have done enough to account for uh, the high inflation and the um, uh, expiration of COVID money.
1: Sure sure Um, let's get a closing statement from you.
0: Well, I I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Um, There's so many different levels, so many different things we could talk about. I would just say that if anybody has questions, um, please reach out. Um, you know, we, you mentioned the, uh, community conversations at the library. Uh-huh. Um, we are, we're going to have, uh, all sorts of presentations going on. Uh, that's all available on the school district website. Uh, those dates are there, but I'm also willing to have individual conversations. Oh, nice. Um, happy to talk to people about what the needs of the school district are, what the ramifications of the referendum might be. And, um, you know, I, I just... Again, my job as a superintendent is to align uh, the resources of our school district with the needs and expectations of our community, and uh, I look forward to doing that.
1: Thank you. Thank you for coming. I know know it's been a tough one, (laughs) but I'm so happy to hear your answers to to my questions. Well,
0: thank you, Emily. I always Uh appreciate the opportunity.
1: Thank you.